Welcome to another edition of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo, always broadcasting from the Cellmark Studios, along with Colleen Daniel and the About Mansfield News Team. We are your audio newspaper, and this is episode 100, and what a ride it's been. We thank you for being here. Coming up on this episode, it's Mansfield News, sports, and weather for the upcoming week. And a little later in the episode, you will have a chance to win a $25 gift card to the restaurant of your choice with our Mansfield trivia question. Let's take a look at the stories we're covering this week. Mansfield daycare employee accused of stabbing a toddler. The COVID-19 epidemic appears to be leveling off in Mansfield. City wants you to cease the grease this Thanksgiving. Hometown holidays to feature two days of entertainment, carnival rides, food, and much more. In sports, Summit and Timberview football teams advance to the regional semifinals. Coming up in the features section. This week, an update on the Mars helicopter and some thoughts about the moon. I am LaShonda, and in this week's Texas Health Tip of the Week, we're going to talk about five healthy eating tips for the holiday season. Let's get warm and cozy, shall we? I'm home improvement specialist Terry Radswin. And we'll talk about that in the Ask Terry segment later in the show. In this week's Cocktail of the Week segment, I'll be talking about a cocktail that says family has been in town all week and I need some me time. We have the seven-day weather forecast. And in the talk segment, Steve talks with a former press box coach about sports, business, and life. We are Mansfield's only source for news, talk, and information. This is About Mansfield. Hey, it's Steve Casillo, and since we're in the Thanksgiving season, I wanted to take this commercial break to give my thanks. As I mentioned at the top of the program, this is episode 100. That's right, 100 consecutive weeks of bringing you unbiased news, talk, and information. We've heard the comments early on. I give it six months. This will never last. But uh, the negative comments only pushed us harder, and we did, and our growing number of listeners prove it. So who do we thank? our listeners. To those who have only heard us once, to those who have been with us since day one, January 1, 2020. To our staff of volunteers who contribute relentlessly to this podcast, my co-host Colleen Daniel has been with us every week for the past 96 episodes. Roving science reporter Dennis Webb, home improvement specialist Terry Radswin, mixologist extraordinaire Brian Certain, reporter Stacy Main, and my two interns Robbie Terry and Jacob Atkinson, I thank you profusely. To our sponsors, even though we have an all-volunteer staff, we still have a lease on a studio. We have other expenses as well. These people help keep the lights on, including Southwestern Adventist University, Texas Health Hospital Mansfield, Pool Aid, Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio, and a big thanks to Ohana Screen Printing for 200 wonderfully screen printed t-shirts. Thank you to the wonderful restaurant owners and managers who have collectively donated over $1,800 in gift cards used for our weekly trivia question. Thank you to the 80-plus people who have allowed me to dig deep into their souls during our in-studio interviews, ranging from nine-year-old Orion Jean to local authors, pastors, expats, musicians, politicians, CEOs, city officials, and many more. So the first 100 episodes has been a blast. How about sticking with us for another 100? Happy Thanksgiving to you, our listeners. 
Now let's get back to the news. Hello, this is Mayor Michael Evans, and you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield. A Mansfield daycare has been sued over its hiring practices and safety protocols. The suit against the Everly Rose Infant and Toddler Learning Center and employee Caitlin Lutman of Waxahachie alleges that Lutman stabbed a toddler with a ballpoint pen, according to the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. Aaron and Carly Walker claim that it happened to their three-year-old son and that it was never reported and that the staff did not tend to the wound. The lawsuit says that the child told his parents he did not want to return to school and began to bite himself and has suffered post-traumatic stress after being stabbed. Lutman was arrested in April and later indicted in September on the charges of injury to a child and reckless bodily injury in the ongoing criminal case. The COVID-19 epidemic appears to be leveling off here in Mansfield with the numbers. Here's science reporter Dennis Webb. Dennis. Thank you, Steve. Last week saw a second week of small increase in weekly new Mansfield cases and Mansfield ISD active cases. Mansfield saw two fatalities this past week. Countywide indicators are mixed, suggesting we are on a low plateau between waves. I hope there is not a next wave. New weekly deaths trend is bouncing around in the county, but probably decreasing, also suggesting we are at the end of the recent wave. Since June, around a thousand county citizens have lost their lives to the epidemic. Last week across the county, 56 people died from COVID-19, the same number as the week before. Tarrant County Public Health officials recommend that all eligible citizens get vaccinated. Vaccination is the best recommended step any of us can take to prevent severe illness if we do catch the virus. From the Science Desk at About Mansfield, I'm Dennis Webb. The city of Mansfield is asking you not to pour used cooking oil or grease down the drain. You can recycle it for free instead during the Holiday Grease Roundup, which runs November 22nd through January 10th. Mansfield residents can drop off used cooking oil at the Collection Station at the Environmental Collections Center, 616 South Wisteria Street. The Collection Station is available 24 hours a day, seven days a week, during this annual collection event. The City of Mansfield's annual Hometown Holidays returns in December as a two-day celebration. From December 3rd through the 4th, visitors can ring in the holiday season with games in the Merry Midway, live entertainment at the lot downtown, as well as carnival rides. Friday the 3rd runs 5 to 9 p.m. and includes an annual Christmas tree lighting at the lot. The lighting ceremony will begin around 6 30 p.m. followed by a fireworks display. Saturday runs 10 in the morning till 9 o'clock at night. Visitors to hometown holidays can expect to see live entertainment at the lot, a holiday market with art vendors and food trucks, a midway with arcade games, a Ferris wheel, a carousel, and much more. Admission is free, but some of the rides do have a cost. For complete details, visit our website aboutmansfield.com and click on the links tab. In sports, Timberview and Summit football advance to regional semifinals. 
Last week, Timberview topped Ennis 42-21. Summit routed El Paso Chapin 56-7 this Friday night. Summit takes on Midlothian 7 p.m. at Grand Prairie's Gopher Bowl, while Timberview and Lovejoy go head-to-head 7 p.m. at Frisco's Ford Center. Also in sports, OU Sooners running back Kennedy Brooks was named one of 16 semifinalists for the Earl Campbell Tyler Rose Award last week. The award recognizes the best offensive player in Division I football who exhibits integrity, performance, teamwork, sportsmanship, drive, community, and tenacity. Winners must be born in Texas or have graduated from a Texas high school, college, or junior college. Kennedy Brooks graduated from Mansfield High School in 2016. The award finalists will be announced in mid-December, and the winner will be declared at a banquet in Tyler on January 12, 2022. Saturday is National Small Business Saturday, which falls on the Saturday after Thanksgiving. In the age of Black Friday and Cyber Monday, it's easy to skip over the ma and pa shops for the big box store or perhaps the online retailer. But Small Business Saturday sponsors hope that you don't forget the smaller neighborhood shops. And there are plenty of Christmas shopping opportunities in historic Mansfield where you will find an abundance of ma and pa shops. Let's see if the weather is going to agree with your outdoor plans for the next week. Colleen? Let's take a look at the weather for the next seven days in Mansfield, Texas. We'll be starting off on Wednesday with a high of about 73, but a system comes in overnight Wednesday into Thursday morning that's going to bring us cooler weather and a chance for rain. It should be moving out fairly early in the day on Thursday, or at least by midday. It is going to bring us north winds at 10 to 20 miles an hour, and our high is only going to be 56 degrees on Thursday. Moving into Friday, it starts to clear up, and it's absolutely gorgeous on the weekend. We're looking at a high on Friday of 59 degrees, Saturday 65 degrees, Sunday 66 degrees, Monday 66 degrees, and Tuesday 68 degrees. According to the Tarrant Regional Water District, your sprinklers can remain off this week. It's been a bit dry and windy and warm lately, but with our cool nights, the lawns are starting to go dormant. Any new plantings and trees should be hand-watered. For more watering recommendations and indoor and outdoor water-saving tips, log on to waterisawesome.com. Coming up after the break, we turn the page to the features section. Reporter Dennis Webb talks science. Health specialist LaShunda Warner has the Texas Health Tip of the Week. Home Improvement Specialist Terry Radswin presents the Ask Terry segment. And Brian Certain serves up a cocktail to remember. Also coming up later in the episode, the Mansfield trivia question, and Steve will talk in studio with a former press box coach about sports, business, and life. Stay with us. I'm Colleen Daniel, and this is About Mansfield. Hey Mansfield, Sonia here from Wise Wellness. Did you know that Wise Wellness is now mobile? Yep, we have changed our business model to best serve our clients. That means you can order online and usually have it delivered within 24 hours or less. We're bringing the best CBD tinctures, topicals, edibles, and pet products directly to your door. Visit our website at wisewell.com to see our selection. That's W-Y-S-E-Well.com. Got pain? Need sleep? Does your pet have storm or separation anxiety? We've got you covered. Don't forget about our specialty, Tom's Treats. These little gems of goodness can help promote better sleep and overall wellness. 
With six main ingredients and no preservatives, they're the best around. Give us a call at 682-313-4767, visit the website, or reach out to us on social media to connect. As a thank you to the About Mansfield podcast listeners, use the promo code AMPOD to buy one, get one free on our website. Again, that's wisewell.com, W-Y-S-E, well.com. Your logo or emblem defines who you are, so why not show it off with custom printed shirts? I'm Dana Wood with Ohana Screen Printing. We are a custom screen printing company and can print your design or help you create a new design. While t-shirts are our specialty, we can print on all kinds of apparel such as masks, hoodies, bags, you name it. Ohana means family and that's exactly why we started Ohana Screen Printing, to bring our family and community together through creative expression. We look forward to adding you to our family. Rest assured that when you do business with Ohana Screen Printing, that your dollars stay local as we are a family-owned business based right here in Mansfield. If you're part of a business, organization, or sports team looking to make a visual presence, hit us up on Facebook or ohanascreenprinting.com. That's ohanascreenprinting.com. Hi, I'm Vandella Menifee, professional volunteer. You're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield, your audio newspaper. Let's open up the features section. Let's head on over to the science desk where reporter Dennis Webb has an update on the Mars helicopter and reflects on Earth's moon. Dennis? Thank you, Steve. It's been a while since we looked in on the Mars helicopter called Ingenuity. Recall that this was the the small technology demonstration helicopter that rode to Mars in the belly of the Perseverance rover. They are both still going strong. Its first test flights were back in April, and its latest, Flight 15, was the first week of November. Recall that there was a concern that they might not be able to fly in the thinner Martian air as the seasons change, but the space boffins at JPL figured out how to tweak it, and it still flies after some software updates. Even on Mars, we have to update software. Of these 15 flights, the longest was 2,000 feet. That's four-tenths of a mile. Highest altitude has been nearly 40 feet. They had to stand down flights for part of October as Mars was on the opposite side of the sun, and radio relays from all the spacecraft on Mars can't transmit through the sun, so they don't try. This was not a surprise, just something that happens when you explore the outer solar system. The recent flights are part of an operations demonstration phase, exploring how aerial scouting can benefit future missions. Part of the recent software update was to try improvements to the visual navigation system. As they pursue these general engineering goals, Ingenuity will also be doing aerial photography of the places that Perseverance rover is planning to go, offering higher resolution reconnaissance to the rover's mission plannings, including stereo images. These stereo images come from the helicopter taking one picture of a place, moving a little ways away and taking another picture of the same place, so stereo. While Perseverance already has a rich roving science plan, this additional information may find more efficient traverse paths and new interesting things for the rover to study. Ingenuity can also take close-up pictures of places the rover can't go. Second topic, some thoughts about the moon. Last week we had a a near-total eclipse of the moon at 3 a.m. on Friday morning. I've seen a bunch of these in my life as an observer, and I did not think it would be interesting, so I didn't give you a heads up, though it was prominently featured in the local weathercasts on TV. 
I did drag myself out of bed to see and had forgotten just how strange this event looks. It looks really strange, and words can't really tell a story, but I'll try. At the peak, the moon was much darker, kind of a reddish gray from the filtering of sunlight through our own Earth's thin atmosphere, a little brighter on one edge. After a long life of looking at the moon, it is just weird looking, kind of alien to our experience, but perfectly natural. It is a small reminder of the scientist's observation. The universe is not only stranger than we imagine, it is stranger than we can imagine. If you have any questions about science, send an email to info at aboutmansfield.com. From the Science Desk at About Mansfield, I'm Dennis Webb. It's time right now for the Texas Health Tip of the Week, sponsored by Texas Health Hospital Mansfield, located at 287 and Lone Star Road. And LaShonda Warner has something healthy on her plate. LaShonda? I know we have all waited for this time of the year to be with our family and friends, and mostly to enjoy all of our favorite Thanksgiving dishes. Enjoy, but don't overindulge. Tis a season for family, festivity, and food. Lots of food. Temptations are everywhere, and parties and travel can disrupt our daily routine. I know it's hard to resist grandma's dressing, but listen to these five healthy tips. How do you stick to your diabetic meal plan when everyone around you seems to be splurging? Here are five tips that can help. One, holiday-proof your plan. You may not be able to control what food you are served, and you're going to see other people eating tempting treats. Meet the challenges armed with the plan. Eat close to your usual times to keep your blood sugar steady. If your meal is served later than normal, just eat a small snack at your usual meal time and eat a little less when dinner is served. Invited to a party? Offer to bring a healthy dish along. If you have a sweet treat, just cut back on other carbs such as potatoes and bread during the meal. Don't skip any meals to save up for a feast. It will be harder to manage your blood sugar and you'll be really hungry and more likely to overeat. If you slip up, get right back to eating healthy with your next meal. Holiday hacks. Have pumpkin pie instead of pecan pie. That's not my favorite. Even with a dollop of whipped cream, you'll cut calories and sugar by at least a third. Break physical activity up into smaller chunks so it's easier to schedule, like walking 10 minutes several times a day. Schedule some me time every day a nap, dog walk, or hot bath to get your energy back for the next celebration. Outsmart the buffet. When you face a spread of delicious holiday food, make healthy choices easier, like having a small plate of food you like best and then move away from the buffet table. Start with veggies to take the edge off your appetite. Eat slowly. It takes at least 20 minutes for your brain to realize you're a fool. Avoid or limit alcohol. If you do have an alcoholic drink, have it with food. Alcohol can lower blood sugar and interact with diabetic medications. Also plan to stay on top of your blood sugar. Check in more often during the holidays. And if you take medicine, ask your doctor if the amount needs to be adjusted. Fit in your favorites. No food is on the naughty list. And that does include grandma's banana pudding. Choose the dishes you really love and can't get any other time. Slow down and savor a small serving and make sure to count it in your meal plan. If you plan for it, no food needs to be on the naughty list. Keep moving. You got a lot on your plate this time of the year. And physical activity can get crowded out. 
but being active is your secret holiday weapon. It can help make up for eating more than usual and reduce stress during this most stressful time of the year. Get moving with friends and family, such as taking a walk after a holiday meal. Get some sleep. Going out more and staying out later often means cutting back on sleep. Sleep loss can make it harder to manage your blood sugar. And when you are sleep deprived, you tend to eat more and prefer high fat, high sugar food. Aim for seven to eight hours per night to guard against mindless eating. Most of all, remember what the holiday season is all about. Celebrating and connecting with the people you care about. When you focus more on the fun, it is easy to focus less on the food. On behalf of Texas Health Mansfield and reporting for About Mansfield podcast, I am LaShonda Warner. Happy holiday. It's time right now for the Ask Terry segment. The weather has put Terry's voice under the weather, so we present a timely best of segment from last fall to help keep you cozy and warm this fall. Terry? We have a question from Kim who asks, I have a gas fireplace that needs to be looked at or repaired because it will not light. What can I do to fix it? Kim, thanks for the question. As we head into the winter months, it's important to make sure that the appliances we use to keep us warm are working and working safely. Gas fireplaces are a great supplement to your regular heating system that give warmth and a cozy feeling without the mess that a wood-burning firebox can cause. But like all appliances, they do require some maintenance to ensure that they continue to serve us properly. Safety is paramount when working with natural gas or propane, so I frankly recommend that you know your limits when it comes to knowledge and ability. If you think you're in over your head, definitely call in a service professional to come out and look at the unit. But here are a few things that you can do to check out your burner and see if it's an easy fix. The first and most obvious check would be to make sure that the gas valve is open and that the pilot light is lit and burning properly. The pilot light should have a blue flame. If it looks yellowish, there's a chance that the gas line or orifice is clogged and needs to be cleaned. Spiderwebs, believe it or not, are a common offender. You can turn the gas off, blow out the pilot light orifice with some canned air or a nozzle connected to a compressor, and relight the pilot to see if this solves the problem. The other possible easy fix would be the wall switch that you use to ignite the fire log. There's only a tiny current of electricity measured in millivolts that runs through the switch. Remove the switch plate, take the wires loose from the switch, and see if you have current running through the wires using an electrical meter that measures low levels of electricity. If there's power running through the wires, the culprit may be the wall switch. Replace it, and you should be good to go. Beyond that, I'd get a professional involved. There are other components of the fireplace unit, such as the control valve and the thermocouple or thermopile, that can be cause of the problem, and fixing those is best left to a seasoned, capable pro. Gas is something that a lot of people fear because they hear stories every winter about a house exploding from a faulty gas appliance. I wouldn't necessarily say that fear is an appropriate sentiment about gas because it's a very useful product, but a healthy amount of respect for its power is definitely recommended. Simply do an online search for gas fireplace repair and you should generate a good list of candidates. Check out their websites, read their reviews, and pick you out a good and reliable repair service. Again, Kim, thanks for the question. And if you've got a home improvement or repair question for me, I'll be glad to tackle it on the air. Send me an email through the podcast or reach me through my Facebook page at Ask Terry AM Podcast or my Twitter at Ask Terry AM Pod. As we go forward, I'll be adding more and more content to these social media pages, and I'm working on producing some videos that will help you with projects around the house. See you next time. Reporting for About Mansfield, I'm home improvement specialist 
Terry Rad's one. As always, Brian Sarton likes to take a little bit of this and a dash of that for his cocktail of the week. Today's concoction is no different. Brian? This week's cocktail of the week is the Pecan Pie Martini. Last year at Thanksgiving and after having been cooped up at home like most of you, I was looking for new and different Thanksgiving cocktails. And I stumbled across this little gem on the delish.com website and adapted it for my home use. This cocktail allows you to display a little bit of the hard-earned skills as a mixologist that you've earned over the last so many episodes by creating a cocktail that your friends will come back asking for more and a very picture-worthy glass with the caramel and chocolate painting that you will do on the inside of the martini glass. But don't worry about taking notes as I'll be giving out all the ingredients and instructions and they'll always be posted on bourbongospel.com. This week's cocktail, the Pecan Pie Martini. The ingredients. For the garnish, you're going to need two to three tablespoons of caramel. I'm a big fan of the Ghirardelli. And you're going to microwave that until it's a pourable product. You're going to need about a quarter cup of finely toasted chopped pecans. You'll need some Cool Whip for the garnish. One whole pecan. And then two to three tablespoons of of the Ghirardelli Black Label Chocolate Sauce. For the cocktail, you're going to need two ounces of rum chata, two ounces of dark chocolate cream, and one ounce of a good bourbon. And for those of you counting, yeah, there's no filler in this cocktail, so beware. So for the directions, you're going to place the caramel and the toasted chopped pecans on separate small shallow plates. You're going to dip the rim of the glass first into the caramel and then into the chopped pecans to coat it. I also drizzle the dark chocolate sauce on the inside of the martini glass with some extra caramel for visual appeal. Then you're going to combine the rum chata, the dark chocolate cream, and the bourbon in a large cocktail shaker. Fill with ice and shake until very, very cold, about 30 seconds. You're then going to pour into a martini glass and top with a dollop of whipped cream and finally the whole pecan. As an extra special touch... I use my spicy and sweet pecan, which I will post that recipe on bourbongospel.com as well. The Cocktail of the Week is proudly sponsored by The Vault, located at 2300 Matlock Road at the corner of Country Club and Matlock. Don't have all the ingredients for this week's cocktail, the Pecan Pie Martini? Head over to The Vault, where one of their craftsmen will shake, stir, and strain our featured About Mansfield Cocktail of the Week. As always, I'm open to hear your take and your input. You can reach me at bourbongospel at gmail.com. And until next week, as Mark Twain said, too much of anything is bad, but too much whiskey is barely enough. Reporting for the About Mansfield podcast, I'm Brian Certain. Congratulations to Ryan Lerman of Coral Springs, Florida, who is the first person to email the correct answer to last week's trivia question. Who was Mansfield's first Justice of the Peace? Ryan follows this podcast on Twitter, and he knew that the correct answer was James H. Alexander. Ryan has won a $25 gift card to the restaurant of his choice. After the break, this week's trivia question. I'm Colleen Daniel, and this is about Mansfield. The Texas Health Tip of the Week was sponsored by Texas Health Hospital, located at 287 and Lone Star Road. 
Introducing Texas Health Hospital Mansfield, an all-new, all-modern healthcare campus, now serving Mansfield and our nearby communities. With advanced care for women and infants, orthopedics, heart and vascular, a 24-7 ER, and more. Experience care you'll love right where you love living. Texas Health Mansfield, now open at 287 and Lone Star Road. Learn more at texashealth.org backslash Mansfield. Hey, it's Steve Casillo, and I want to take a second to tell you about Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. It's where we record and produce the About Mansfield episodes. Podcast Mansfield is a full-service studio with recording, editing, mixing, and mastering capabilities. Can even help market your podcast. Podcast Mansfield is home to such great locally produced shows, such as Ask Philip, On the Mark, Grown and Unfiltered, and Daughter of the Other Woman, just to name a few, and handles post-production duties for remote clients such as Coaching Through Chaos out of San Diego and epic voices and conversations from Palm Springs. So whether you're a hands-on person who just needs a place to record your podcast or need advice from concept to completion, Podcast Mansfield is there to help. Conveniently located on Heritage Parkway just off of 287 right here in Mansfield, mention the About Mansfield podcast and you get to record your first episode at no charge. For more information on starting your podcast or if you're just looking for a better place to record podcast mansfield recording studio can be found on the internet at podcastmansfield.com that's podcastmansfield.com hi this is mansfield chamber of commerce ceo Lori williams and you're listening to about mansfield it's time right now for the highly coveted wildly popular about mansfield trivia question the first person to email the correct answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com will receive a $25 gift card to the restaurant of their choice. Let's get to this week's question, Colleen. Well, Steve, since the late 1800s, Mansfield has had its fair share of lawmen protecting our city, including numerous sheriffs and marshals. This week's trivia question is, who is the Mansfield Police Department's current chief of police? Email your answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com. Again, who is the current chief of police for the Mansfield Police Department? Good luck. Welcome back to another segment of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo as we make the transition from news to talk. And here in the studio today, doing a little research on him, uh, digging up here. He is a former college football coach. He is currently a writer, a motivational speaker. He is a personal coach. And the description of his business on Facebook simply says, as a former college football coach, I help clients from the perspective of a coach in the press box providing an extra set of eyes. And we're going to talk about his entire life. I'm really looking forward to this. Bill Bryant, welcome to About Mansfield. Well, thank you, Steve. It's an honor to be here. Let's just dig into the the life and time of Bill Bryant. And so, one of my favorite subjects, by the way. I, excellent. You were you born in Texas? No, actually, Texas is my 13th state that I've lived in. I was born in Virginia, Portsmouth, Virginia, and my dad was in the Navy. I was a Navy brat, and I only lived there about a year. This brings up, because I, again, going back on the research on you, you lived in, in San Diego for a while. I did. I, that's a, the place that I, I went through most of my elementary school and my high school. And so that was like my permanent, the longest I lived anywhere till now, where I've lived in 
Texas for the longest. That's that's where you and I connect. I lived in San Diego for 44 years. I knew there was something I liked about you. You have a nice vibe from that. It's that laid back Southern California. Yeah, yeah just just came off the beach uh, vibe that I that I put out there. Uh, you were born in Virginia, and you moved around as a result of the Navy. Right. Wound up in uh, Imperial Beach, if I recall. Yes. Marion High School, if I recall. Yeah, Marion High School, which is no longer there. They closed that down, which uh, makes it tough to go back for reunions and stuff. But it, it was great for me at the time. It was a small, uh, new Catholic high school, that, and I wanted to go to a smaller place. So I went there, got to play a little bit of football, and uh, it was a great experience. So I was pleased. Were you a good student? I was a good student, but I didn't believe I was very smart. So it was, and I was a terrible athlete, but I certainly enjoyed it. So I had a kind of a unique uh, complexity to what I was doing. What decade are we looking at? I graduated in the 60s. Okay. What does one do in Imperial Beach on a Friday night in the 1960s? That's a very good question. If it's not in the season, I'm sure we were out bouncing around trying to meet people, but... uh, Everything re- revolved around going to the beach. Where I lived, I went to sleep every night with the surf crashing. You could hear. Oh, you were right. And, th- okay. Oh, yeah, we we're three blocks from the beach. And mm-hmm. I can remember even when I had a paper out delivering papers and go sitting on the beach and just watching. And my buddies and I would go to the beach. And so that was the big thing. And then I was all other water sports. I, mean, I, was, I was a fanatic water skier, loved water skiing. And uh, it just kind of took a lot of things for granted that it wasn't till much later I realized, well, that's not something you can just do every place. <laughs> exactly. That, you know, I, I grew up probably 20 minutes from the beach and now living in Texas is like, wait a second, I, I can't just drive down and put my toes in the sand anymore. Yeah. Now, for the listeners, um, the beaches in San Diego, Ocean Beach, National City, Imperial Beach, then is the one right up that which yep. butts up against the Mexico border. Oh, yeah. And did you ever get down into Tijuana? And- oh, yeah. Well, when I was getting older, we went down there and we'd go to the uh, highlight games and that kind of thing. But oh, yeah. I can remember as a Boy Scout, we, we took a hike that we went down to the border and then came up by the beach and... It was just it was just something you accepted and and we enjoyed it. My high school we had a lot of students from Tijuana, and I think that was a great experience with that. So it was a very I think interesting but a very formative uh, place to grow up. I mean it's as as we've talked about it's one of the few places in the country you can go to the beach and go water skiing or go snow skiing in the same day or do both if you want. Oh yeah, within an hour. Yeah, that you played. You played football in high school. Yes. I tried a lot of other things, but and I ran a little track, but it was mostly football was my, my sport. And what was your position of choice? I was a receiver. Nice. And I got hit in the head in my first game of my senior year, and they wouldn't let me play for the rest of the year. So I'm not sure I've ever recovered for that. And maybe that head injury still affects me. I don't know. I'm, sometimes I don't think I think very well. But yeah, that was a... And so the basketball... Co- so the, our football coach was a basketball coach and he let me be on the basketball team because he thought I got a raw deal in football. And I played a few times during the year, never made a shot. But if we were way ahead with a minute or two to go, my buddy would start to put in Bryant, put in Bryant. And I'm going over there giving him bad looks and fingers and everything else. And, but uh, it was fun. It was uh, it was interesting. But I was not a good basketball player by any means. Uh-oh. 
You graduated from Marion High School. Yes. Where'd you go to college? Went to the University of California at Davis, which is near Sacramento. Right. And it was a great campus. It was a place that parents wanted to send their daughters in the 60s because they thought it was safer, which was uh, kind of an interesting draw for... A little different than Berkeley? Yes. <laughs> and I had a I had a uncle. My aunt and uncle lived in Berkeley. My, my uncle was a professor, an entomologist, world-renowned, and... I kind of visited there in his giant campus, and he said, let's go up and take a look at Davis. And so we went there, and it turned out to be one of the best decisions I ever made. Did you play ball in college? Yes. I played football and rugby, and that was a lot of fun. I, once in a while, I went to class, I think, because I must have, because I eventually graduated, although many people think it was one of the great upsets in academic history that I finally got my degree. So that was... And your degree is in... I was in physical education. Okay. Becoming a college football coach started your tour around the country. You said you lived in 13 different states. Yes. And what what were some of the colleges that you uh, worked well, in? Well, I, I was at Davis quite a while. I was a head freshman coach for a while, you know, worked with, with the varsity. And then a guy named Paul Hackett from our staff had gone to Berkeley, and he got me to come down there as a graduate assistant. So I went down there and we had, you know, we had some good teams for Cal did some things they hadn't done in a long time. And I went to the University of Oregon for a year with Rich Brooks. And then I uh, started moving around. I got a, a job in Indiana at Indiana State University. And that it was just a, you know, a bunch of young guys and uh, we were fired up and I wasn't all that bright because we had a guy, we had two great athletes there at the time. One was named uh, Kurt Thomas, who was a great gymnast who ended up, uh, he passed away a couple of years ago, lives in Dallas. But he was the one, the the, uh, the, the Thomas Flair, I think they called it. But he was a world-class gymnast. And we had a guy named Larry Bird, who was a fairly good basketball player. I've heard of him. Yeah. And I tried to talk him into being a tight end. And <laughs> I said, you know, I think he got a pretty good career in basketball, but all I think I was here's a six nine guy that it was third and eight he would get the ball because he was so competitive and he looked down me and he brings his arms up and he goes oh yeah I'll go through the rest of my life looking like this I said well just something to think about but uh, yeah he was great he did play in the baseball played in the baseball he told the the baseball coach he would come out and do something they could fundraise and get some people there he was a great guy and a great athlete and it was a great experience to be around them since we're talking sports, talking football, I, I got to ask, are you related to Bear Bryant? Well, I wanted to be. It you turns <laughs> he turns out that he was actually, I was a Sigma Nu when I was at Davis, and he was a Sigma Nu. So I try to say we're like brothers. And I had one chance to meet him. I was working at a coach's clinic in San Francisco, and he came in. And the guy that I had worked summer camps with, he was kind of in charge. And Bear Bryant went by, and he goes, hey, Bear. And he goes, oh, hey, there's the real Bear or something like that. And I went, yeah. And he was already in the other room. And I, so I never really physically met him. But I, when I was in the Army, I wrote him a letter and asked about being a graduate assistant. And I did get a personal letter back. I'm sure it was written by a secretary, but had his signature. So there you go. I, I always respected that he did that. Of the football teams that you've coached over the years, do you have a favorite uh, year, favorite team that, uh, that you coached? Well, that'd be hard because each one is so unique. There, there were some that were very successful. Um, I know that uh, 
when we, when I was at Oregon, we didn't we didn't have that success, but we built it up for what was coming. I think one of my favorite years of of actually coaching was. Uh, Interestingly enough, one of the years I got fired when I was at Weber State, our second year after five games, we were five and all, and I forget we were ranked in in the one double A rankings, but I think it was twelfth something like that. And everybody was so excited, and I remember we had a some kind of a fundraising event. And I remember the president said, "You know, you guys are doing such a great job, and I don't care what the record is. I like what you're doing with our players, and we want you guys just to keep coaching here forever." It was about a month later we'd lost four in a row and we got fired. And I think that put things in perspective for me of what the loyalty is like. Uh, you know, as we see now, 20 years, you do a lot of things, but they can still, just like that, you're out. So it's a, it's a very unique profession, And uh, but, I, but it was fun. The, the biggest thing about coaching is when you see the players develop. Right. And I think that's, you know, you turn on ESPN or one of those and you're getting highlights and, you know, they get all excited because some coach called a blitz and it worked and all that kind of thing. But what really matters is is getting for like for the defensive coordinator. If you get your players to understand what they're supposed to do and they all execute right and then a bunch of them end up converging on the ball rapidly in a bad mood, that's what it's about. It's about the player being able to understand what to do and do it. It's not because some great call. And you talked about the the building the success of University of Oregon. Do you take that experience as a coach, which is what you're doing now with people and business people, uh, that you take that life experience? Yeah, and it's interesting because I realize it, it helped me understand some of the ways that I coach football and the things we do now because what it amounts to is it's really what people see what they accept so like a football coach you could have all the knowledge in the world but if the player doesn't understand it then you're not going anywhere and one of the biggest things i think with coaching and i think in football we we call it coaching football but you're still coaching people and when we're when you're doing personal coaching the biggest thing is to get them to understand what they want and that's why i think it's such a my my whole philosophy is that I want to help people believe in themselves, and a lot of times people think they do, but but they really don't. And if they do believe in themselves, and you want to help them expand that, so when when it's like one on one coaching or group, whatever it is, it's getting people to see this is where I am, and this is where I want to be. Now, how do I get there? And then how do I measure that I'm on the right path? And so it's really more internal. I always tell people I don't have a lot of answers, but I got a lot of questions. So uh, and and that's not for everybody. Some people want you to come in and tell them what the answer is. And I'm not the right guy for you. I had one lady. She looked at me. So what should I do? And she looked (laughs) at me and she goes, oh, yeah, you're not going to tell me, are you? And I go, no, you got to figure that out. So as head football coach, you you're you're psychologist. You're more than than trainer. Oh, I think there's a lot of that. Now, I was never the head coach of a program, but uh, it's all about that because it's it's getting them. So, for example, if I when I was a defensive line coach, and so we're watching the tape of the person that we're going to play next, and and I would I can remember having discussions like, okay, you got to figure out what your strengths are. What's your best move that you can use against this guy? All right. Then you got to study it and you got to find something where he's got a weakness, 
where you can get a move to take advantage of that. Well, at the time, I was just trying to figure out how we could get a good pass rush. But I realized that really what it was, it allowed them to delve into it. It became them. It wasn't just, I got to do this, take this step and do this. It was like, hey, I got to figure this out. I got to be involved. It's me personally. It's not just something that somebody's telling me to do. And it made such a difference. There was uh, someone had told me, and this was only four or five months ago, when it comes to, when it comes to music, do not practice until you get it right. Practice until you can't get it wrong which I found to be so profound. And it sounds like the same principle of teaching the defensive lineman to, we're going to step this way until it becomes second nature. Well, and that's the uh, Vince Lombardi plan. Keep it simple. And they ran the same play over and over and over and over. And then they told you they were going to run it and it was up to you to stop it, but they were going to execute it perfectly. And I think that's where the expression comes. is, you know, uh, Practice doesn't make perfect. Perfect practice makes perfect. So people have to be careful whether it's football or it's something they're doing in life. You develop a habit. Make sure it's something that's helping you, is effective, and is not just something you're doing that's actually dragging you back down. You're still involved in football? No, not that much, except I have to admit on Saturdays, every Saturday I think, okay, I'm not going to spend all day watching football. And then I start watching it when I go back to Ohio and I tell my son-in-law, I says, okay, I'm just going to watch the first half and then I'm going to bed. And he just laughs, says, okay, <laughs> let me know how it goes in the morning. And then, so it's, uh, yeah, I enjoy football, but I'm not actually doing any coaching now. When the, uh, you're sitting there on a Saturday and, and watching a game, halftime comes around, the, the talking heads come out. And they're the analysts. Are they always, are they always getting it right? I'm, I'm not a big <laughs> fan of, Talking heads, if you will, whether it's the the, the four hour talk shows or or what have you. But uh, to me, it's it's I just want to watch the game. But are the analysts getting it right? I'm sure they make some good points. I usually when they come on, I'm switching channels. There you go. And sometimes I watch a game <laughs> with the sound off because so many times, especially now, it seems like we've evolved to where. The announcers have got to tell you what should have happened and what, why they're doing it wrong. And they don't know. They don't know about the individual, uh, you know, what the health is of that person. They haven't spent as much time. I know they study and prepare, but they haven't seen as much of the, the tape, knowing what the weaknesses are, or maybe they're doing the coaches running something to set something else up. So I think once in a while you can get some good insights, but so much of it now is opinion. And people come out and they're just telling you their opinion. And and as I worked for a guy named Dwayne Painter when I was in northern Arizona, and he used to talk about everybody in the stands had the, the right play to call. And he says, you know, I really appreciate that. But why don't you tell me before we call it, we got about 10 seconds to get a call in. <laughs> Afterwards, I know whether it was a good call or not. That's right. And that's and I think we're right now we get so much of that. So uh, And that's one of the, the great things about football. I mean, you have this on-the-field physical contest, and then you have the, you know, the people in the press box and you're calling plays and it's like a chess game. And so for, for an outsider to say this is what it is, I, I find that difficult to deal with. On a typical season, a typical team, you're a defensive coach. How many plays does a defensive coach have in their arsenal? Uh, <laughs> and, and then how many offensive plays? See, again, as I told you before we went on the air, 
I love watching football, but I, I've never really gotten down into the nuts and bolts of it. Well, basically, most teams have hundreds of plays. Okay. And then you got the combination. So there's so much you can do. Like if you change a formation and run the same play, it can look completely different because you've set it up to make the defense have to adjust. Then you put a person in motion. So it's like there's unlimited possibilities. And that's where pouring over the film, you, you like if you're watching an opponent, you're figuring out this is what they normally do in this situation. So you prepare for that. Now, that team has also looked at, you know, we always do this. So the next time we get in fourth and one or whatever, we're going to do this and try to, to or like defensively, it, it, we used to try to save a big blitz for after halftime. Yeah. So after they made all the adjustments, well, now if they're going to make an adjustment, they're going to have to do it on the sideline with the clipboard. So, yeah, it's a fascinating thing. But uh, the problem is that you can make it too complex. And I've been around coaches that then start to fall in love with the X's and O's. And you don't win because of the X's and O's. You can run... You recruit the right people. You have the right people in the position. and But the players, there are a lot more players that make great coaches than any coach has ever made a great player. So what, what you have to do is put them in a position where they can do their best work. And if it's too complicated, if you like, for example, in defense, if you're over on defense and you have players that are thinking about, oh, wait a minute, they just shifted. And one of my oh, I got to go over there. And the ball snapped. And now they're trying to catch up. Right. Whereas if they know what they're doing, boom, the ball snapped, they go, and you got a chance to execute it. And becomes back to instinct again. Yes, it does. Right. And and that happens with people in life. You know, you, you think if you know your fundamentals and you, this is what's important in what I do, and you execute that, then you got a chance to, if something goes wrong, then you can adjust. We're talking with press box coach Bill Bryant, and we will conclude our interview next week where we will also hear the latest Mansfield news, sports, and weather. Until then, don't forget to like, follow, subscribe, share, love, support this podcast if you haven't already so you never miss an episode. It's free and it's easy. Just enter your email address on our website, aboutmansfield.com. We will never send you any spam. We promise. About Mansfield is recorded at Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. Hosts, Steve Casillo and Colleen Daniel. Reporters, Stacy Main and Dennis Webb. Moment with the Mayor feature, Michael Evans. Texas Health Tip, LaShonda Warner. Home Improvement feature, Terry Radswin. Cocktail of the Week feature, Brian Certain. Post-production editing, mixing, and mastering, Steve Casillo. We thank you all for listening on behalf of the entire news team. Happy Thanksgiving. I'm Steve Casillo, and this... is about Mansfield.